You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings Daily Fantasy, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing positions, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Friday, April the 9th. Ian Cameron uh, with you. Uh, We are expected to be joined momentarily uh, by Jimmy Murphy. Uh, Again, Alex B. Smith is back home, tending to a family uh, emergency and a family matter. We offer him our thoughts, our prayers, our well wishes, and and we're looking forward to having Alex back on the show next week. Uh, We have a Friday NHL card uh, on tap tonight with uh, seven games on the slate uh, scheduled uh, last night, of course. Lots of interesting uh, action taking place. The uh, Boston Bruins with a 4-2 win against Washington as Jeremy Swayman is definitely causing some people to take notice uh, of him in between the pipes for the Bruins with obviously Tuka Rask still out due to injury and Yaroslav Halak on the COVID-19 reserve list. We've seen the Bruins have to go uh, deep into their depth chart with using Daniel Vladar and now, of course, using Jeremy Swayman. And boy, Jeremy Swayman has been very impressive. You got Jimmy Murphy, who's about to join us in just a second, thinking he should stay in the net when Tuka Rask comes back. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it's definitely been a very, very good story uh, for him uh, in his first couple games with the uh, Bruins and a very good performance last night in that fourth two victory for Boston. The only time Washington scored was with that uh, extended power play time they had with the five on three. That was about it. Uh, so a good win there for the Bruins. We saw the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll give them credit. Uh, you talk about a team that didn't take 
too kindly to get in, uh, lit up by the New York Rangers a couple of nights ago. Uh, they bounced back in a big way uh, last night with a emphatic uh, revenging victory against the uh, New York Rangers. So give the uh, Penguins uh, a lot of credit for that. The Winnipeg Jets jumping on a Montreal team that played the night before against Toronto. Uh, give them credit as well. They got the early lead and they never looked back. They beat the uh, Montreal Canadiens 4-2. to two. A Winnipeg Jets team that just doesn't get talked about as much as some other teams and all they do is keep on winning. Paul Maurice with one of the younger blue lines in the NHL and they just keep finding a way to win uh, impressive stuff uh, from them. The Dallas Stars get a much needed win. Uh, Nashville beating up on Detroit uh, last night as well. Uh, so a lot of interesting results in the NHL. The New York Islanders, uh, up to nothing early. Uh, Flyers tie it, but the Islanders win in a shootout 3-2 over Philadelphia as they win their first game with their new pieces on the team and their debut with the Islanders, Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajax. So a lot of interesting games from last night. Jimmy Murphy, who, as you can tell by his background as he joins us, if you're watching the show on YouTube, riding the high off the overtime victory for the UMass Minutemen in the Frozen Four National Semifinals, and they will advance to play in the championship game of the Frozen Four against St. Cloud State. Uh, that should be a very fascinating uh, championship game. Welcome aboard, Jimmy, and congrats to UMass. Well done for a short-handed team. Nobody, uh, everybody was worried about them, and they still found a way. I, you know, you what you got to love that when you see that, and we've seen it. Obviously, we see it all the time in the NHL is uh, when the some of the parts come together, or they rally around injuries, what have you, and guys step up, and that's exactly what you saw with UMass last night. And a credit to Coach Carvel. Uh, Greg Carville, who I, I suspect will be an NHL coach, uh, whether that's next season or the season after. I don't. Unfortunately for UMass, I don't think his time is long. But he he's established a tremendous program there now that I'm sure the people below him will uh, will continue once he goes. But yeah, just a great game. I'm I'm riding a lot of caffeine right now, and I hope it doesn't die <laughs> die off here during the show because that was a late one last night uh, between covering the Bruins and uh, and then watching the end of that game. But it was well worth staying up for. Uh, congratulations to UMass there and. Uh, as far as, you know, I heard you talking about Jeremy Swayman and yeah, I, I tweeted that and caused quite a firestorm amongst, uh, a lot of people that, you know what, I, I don't think this net is too harass anymore when he comes back. Will he be given a chance to, to make it his? Yes. But I don't think in the minds of the Bruins coaching staff and his teammates and management that this is securely too harass net anymore. Um, you know, and I'll look back, I'll make a great Boston sports reference here. And I know it's kind of drawing on, uh, something, maybe it's a reach, but you know, a guy goes, gets hurt and he comes back. It doesn't mean it's automatically his position. And we look no further in Boston to something that happened back in 2001. Uh, if you remember a guy by the name of Drew Bledsoe, who took a nice hit from Mo Lewis, um, and that was the beginning of the end for him and the beginning of a dynasty for the New England Patriots as Tom Brady took over there. And I'm not saying that's what Jeremy Swayman's going to do. I'm not putting him on that pedestal right now. But I can tell you, surely, uh, there's a lot of question marks, and there has been for a while now around Tuka Rask and even now around Yarhalak. Um, So I, I think that they're going to really give this kid a chance. And as long as he stays hot, they're already starting him again tomorrow. Uh, don't be surprised if sooner or later the baton is passed over to him heading into the playoffs because the Bruins know this is their last chance at a Stanley Cup with this core. It really is. Uh, there's not much longer for Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci and Brad Marchand and even Rask. Uh, and if you got a hot hand, you got to ride it. Uh, you're dumb not to. And, and I'll make me even more recent, uh, do some recency bias here and, and make another comparison. Look at Jordan Bennington two years ago. 
Did anyone see that coming? Did anyone say, you know, when Jake Allen came back that it wasn't his net anymore? No. Jordan Bennington stole that net from him. And I'm seeing that happen right now with Jerry, Jeremy Swayman. The team is responding better in front of him. So something to keep an eye on as they go forward. Yeah, that, that, that and, and you made the key point. I like what you said. You said they'll give at least two Karask a chance to make it his starting job. They will. They'll give him that chance. However, you know, if, if, if this, and he's had a good season. Actually, before he got injured, he was playing pretty well most of the year, too. I think he's had a solid year. But there's no doubt that, uh, you know, if he, whatever reason, the team loses, he stumbles, he's a little bit shaky in, in a couple games upon his return, it, it is going to get that uh, whole discussion of point about Swayman going, uh, all over again. It's going to be uh, ramped up uh, just as much as the vaccine uh, rollout has been ramped up uh, on both sides of the border right now. So uh, definitely something to uh, watch, but he's been good. There's no question. And look, we were just wondering, could he could he translate the performance in Providence and his great numbers down there to the NHL? And there's always sometimes some goalies can do that. Some goalies can't do that. He's following that Bennington, you know, profile of two years ago where he is you know, making sure it translates to the NHL with the way he's played so far. Watch him in game two, Ian, too. And I'll, I'll, I'll reckon back to Bennington because I remember doing this and I saw it firsthand when he basically won that game seven for the St. Louis Blues in Boston in the cup final. His mannerisms, his demeanor, and his smile. I mean, this kid is having fun out there, even when he's, when he's giving up goals. Last night he tells us after the game, he's like, I gave up a goal to Alexander Ovechkin. Big deal. Who hasn't done that? You know, it's like he's not letting that get him down. He's just like he's almost honored to say at least I'm out there taking shots from one of the greatest, if not the greatest goal scorers ever. And that it's that I don't know if it's an aloofness. I don't know if it's just who he is or he's 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 not understanding, or you know, the magnitude in a negative way of the moment. But that's a scary thought when you're an opponent. When you see a kid smiling at you after you scored on him, you're really thinking, is this guy nuts? What the hell's wrong with him? And it will get in your head. And the more saves he makes, the more it's going to stay in your head. So that's a thing to keep on. And then we talk about live betting all the time. Keep watching the Bruins live betting-wise going forward when he starts because you're going to know if he's on. You're going to be able to tell it in his eyes and tell it in his smile if he's on. And, and so far he has been. No doubt. And you know what? I, th I think the Bruins Twitter a long time ago because I remember seeing it. That had some tweet with him mountain climbing in the winter, dead of winter. So that tells you that maybe there's something. Uh, yeah, he's probably got that low-key, carefree uh, personality, and that's yeah. sometimes good for goalies. They're not going to get rattled. They're not going to get uh, you know, you know, shaken by anything. So that's a good sign. And talk about teams rallying around a, a change in net, a young goalie coming in and playing extremely well. It's not like we haven't seen that with a, a certain Toronto Maple Leafs team right now with Jack yeah, Campbell. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it, it just goes to show you. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just shows you too, guys. I mean, for anyone out there, and sorry to drag on about goaltending here, but I mean, for anyone out there knocking teams when a goalie doesn't pan out or crediting them too much when he does, you know, it's just such a fickle position to kind of scout. And we've seen so many guys, uh, you know, come out highly touted and be boss or or come out and just never sort of materialize. And then all of a sudden later in their career, Jack Campbell being the perfect example, right? What was he, the 11th overall pick one year uh, in the draft? I think he was, he was up there. He was, uh, he was, I believe, first round, yes. Yeah, and now finally, after many years, he's blossoming. And not that Tim Thomas was a, it was a huge pick. He wasn't even drafted. Uh, actually, I think he was drafted by the Quebec Nordiques very late in the, uh, in the round, in the draft. You'll have to double check that. 
but another guy too. I mean, Tim Thomas didn't make it until he was 35 years old. Uh, and then between 35 and 38 years old, you know, he won a Stanley Cup and two Vesna trophies. So it just shows show you never know with goalies. You, you hit the nail on the head. 11th pick, 2010, right on the – exactly. That's exactly where Jack Campbell – look at Jimmy Murphy bringing his A game here. Nailed the exact number that uh, Jack Campbell was selected in that 2010 uh, NHL draft for the uh, Dallas Stars, number 11 uh, overall. Yeah, you know what? These situations – we're going to get to Friday's card in just a second. But yeah. the, uh, these situations, actually, the more I think about it, they're eerily similar. The veteran guy, Rask. And now all of a sudden, here's Swayman coming in and playing great. The veteran guy, Freddie Anderson in Toronto, out of the mix due to injury. And here comes Jack Campbell sliding in. They've got some questions to answer when Freddie Anderson comes back. Like, what do you do with the goaltending right now? I think they're going to do both teams are going to give the veteran, Rask and Anderson, the chance with both of these teams uh, when they oh. return. But I think it could be a shorter leash now with the way Campbell's played for Toronto. And maybe if Swayman keeps this up for Boston. Well, I'll tell you what, Ian, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this, too, because I reported this Sunday on Off the Record on Boston Hockey Now, and I'm telling you, it just got re-reported on TSN last night on, on Insider Trading. I don't know, you know if, if there is any leash anymore on, on Anderson coming back. I think it's just it's Campbell's to lose for the rest of this season uh, because they're looking for a goalie before the trade deadline. They're looking for a goalie that can come in now and back up Jack Campbell. So that shows you where Freddie Anderson is in terms of uh, the depth chart there in Toronto. Um, and that's something to keep an eye on going forward. But, yeah, I was right on Timmy Thomas, too. Quebec Nordiques, 1994. There you go. Did, did, uh, Jimmy Murphy is uh, absolutely acing the NHL draft uh, uh, history uh, trivia, I guess you could say, uh, in this uh, on this show today. But, uh, God yeah, bless just the Nordiques, uh, right? <laughs> yes, the Nordique. and I'm glad Colorado is where wearing some those old that the old Nordique jerseys and the old Nordiques logos uh, this year in some of their games. It's been uh, very nice to see. Uh, all right, the Friday NHL card. Let's get into it. We got the Battle of New York here. Rangers, Islanders, both teams in action last night. So it's a back to back for both teams. The Islanders minus one thirty five home favorites. Total five and a half shade to the over. Uh, this is a pretty clear pass from a side perspective for me. These are two teams that are bet on teams for me right now. I don't want to bet against either one. Uh, the Islanders do have a better record back-to-backs than the Rangers do. Rangers are only one and two second night of back-to-back games. 4-0-1 for the Islanders this year on the second night of back-to-back games. So they've done very well uh, in this spot. Uh, they survive a game effort from the Flyers last night, win 3-2 to uh, in the shootout. Uh, first game for Palmieri and Zajac, the New Islanders. Uh, Eberly scoring, Beauvillier, uh, Barzell. Now all of a sudden this team's definitely got a little more pop offensively. You might see it here tonight. Alexander Georgiev will be a net tonight for the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, definitely expected because it's a back-to-back, and we saw, we saw Shesterkin uh, in net last night for them. Uh, it should be Barlamov tonight for the Islanders, you would expect, because Ilya Sorokin uh, was in net. Played pretty well, actually, Ilya Sorokin. One of his better starts uh, in the victory last night uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm going to go over the total, though, here. Again, uh, the Islanders, I know they've had a couple unders at home recently, but long-term, they've trended over. I think tonight, especially the Rangers, you know, they're still a little bit capable of giving up some goals. The Rangers should be a greater test for the Islanders defensively tonight after what they saw from the Flyers last night. And to be honest with you, Varlamov has been not quite on top of his game as much in his recent starts. So 
Uh, I'm off the side, but I think we can get over this number here, five and a half here around minus 120. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? Oh, I did it. Uh, I'll tell you what, Ian. I, I, I really like the under in this game right now. Um, I, I, I think the, the teams, you know, they've been up and down in terms of the over-under there, both teams there. Uh, and these are two teams that really go at it when they when they see each other. So you're either going to get a lot of goals or you're going to get a real tight game. And I, I'm just feeling the way or more so where we are in the season right now, how valuable points are. Uh, we're starting to see more playoff-style type games. Uh, I'm sensing an under here. So give me the under five and a half. All right, liking the under five and a half here uh, in this one. And uh, yeah, you, you, the Islanders certainly are used to that, like those kind of games. We'll see if they uh, get it here. I'm going to give it a, one more shot here with an Islanders home over. Again, the home games for the Islanders have been the ones trending over. It's been on the road where they've been staying under, although last night, of course, did stay over. It was frustrating that last night stayed under. It was 2 nothing early in the game. You think you're looking good, and it ends up 3-2. Uh, at the end of it. But uh, uh, Jimmy and I, uh, uh, opposing totals views here in this game, uh, under for Jimmy, uh, over for me. Uh, on we go, Pittsburgh, New Jersey. We've got Pittsburgh minus 175, uh, road favorites, total five and a half, six across the board. Uh, let's give the New Jersey Devils credit, though, last night. I know it was only Buffalo, uh, but, you know, with obviously Palmieri and Zajac traded, you know, you figured where's the, uh, the effort going to come from? Can they dig down and still... Uh, end up finding ways to put goals on the board and win games. Well, they did last night. Pavel Zaka scoring, uh, Jack Hughes uh, getting involved in the offense, Sharon Govich as well. Uh, those are the guys that are going to have to be catalysts for this New Jersey team uh, offensively here moving forward. Uh, they got the win against the uh, Sabres last night. Again, this is another situation where we have both teams playing the second night of back-to-back -back games, Pittsburgh beating the Rangers last night, and, of course, the Devils, taking care of business against the uh, Sabres. Uh, Pittsburgh obviously didn't play well in that 8-4 loss, but bounced back extremely strong last night, 5-2 victory uh, over uh, the New York Rangers. See if they can carry that over. We're still a team that's got a lot of injuries, uh, Pittsburgh, no question, with Malkin, with Tanev, Kapanen, and Teddy Bluger, all still uh, out indefinitely. Uh, not sure of uh, an, uh, an exact timeline yet for their return, but it definitely won't be tonight uh, in this game. So uh, Pittsburgh trying to uh, keep their heads above water and keep themselves obviously as one of these uh, playoff teams here with all of these injuries. It's worth noting second of back-to-back -back games this year, uh, two and three for Pittsburgh, three and four for New Jersey. But one thing that does stand out, uh, these two teams are a combined two or nine and two to the under on the second night of back-to-back -back games this season. So uh, that has me leaning under the total. I do think we might get a little bit of a, a lower scoring game here. I think Pittsburgh kind of wants to commit again to playing better defensively. And look, they're going from the Rangers to the New Jersey Devils. There definitely is an offensive drop off when you go from the Rangers to playing uh, the Devils. Looks like the goalie matchup tonight. Uh, Casey DeSmith in net for the Penguins. It should be Mackenzie Blackwood for New Jersey. Uh, DeSmith's been good. You know, DeSmith's been solid his last few games. He's had the odd rough go, but again, this is not exactly a uh, explosive New Jersey offense. So I think it's a matchup for DeSmith. He can step in, play well. I lean to Pittsburgh in regulation too, but I'm going to stay off that and, and lean under. I'm off the game entirely, but I'll lean Pittsburgh in regulation and I'll lean to the under uh, as well. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Pittsburgh, New Jersey. Yeah, I'm going the opposite way again here, Ian. I like a lot of goals in this one. Um, just, uh, some tired legs, maybe, 
uh, for these guys as they go into this game. So uh, give me the over in this game as an official play. All right, Jimmy, liking the uh, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, uh, over five and a half. There are some five and a halfs out there uh, at, at a couple spots, sixes elsewhere. So uh, depending on whether you like the under or the over, make sure you look around and see what uh, the best number you can get for that. Uh, Washington and Buffalo, we've got the uh, Capitals minus 250 to minus 280 road favorites here. The total six across the board. Once again, you've got teams that are uh, on the second of back-to-back games. It's definitely a trend when it comes to these uh, games tonight, especially the teams in, in the uh, eastern part uh, of the uh, co- the country or the eastern half of the uh, continent, I should say. Uh, Washington, a 4-2 loss to Boston last night. Back-to-back losses for them. Uh, they're certainly going to be looking to bounce back here against the Sabres, who dropped a 6-3 uh, decision to the Devils uh, last night. Uh, you know, Capitals had their chances, but again, as we talked about, uh, the Bruins and Jeremy Swayman doing a good job defensively uh, against this Capitals team and really if not for the extended power play time that Washington got in the second period uh, they may not have found uh, their offense at all uh, in that game Uh, Washington is outstanding on the second night of back-to-back games six and one uh, this season on the second night of back-to-back games two and oh off a loss on a back-to-back Buffalo just one and nine uh, on the second night of back-to-back games so there is a huge disparity in terms of the success of these two teams on the back-to-back, this one like over the total here because Buffalo's hemorrhaging goals. They definitely are. When you're giving up five goals to New Jersey, that's not really a good sign in my opinion. I think Washington, it's time for Washington's offense, I think, to explode. I think they'll do that. And I'm noticing a trend too with Washington. They play teams like New Jersey, Buffalo, teams out of it. They play a little bit loosey-goosey, up and down. They played a 5-4 game with New Jersey uh, over the weekend. I think they'll score a bunch. And, hey, look at Buffalo. You know, they are still finding the back of the net. Their offense is still, you know, it's amazing. Take Taylor Hall out. You're actually maybe a better offensive team. (laughs) We're kind of seeing that uh, right now with the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So I I think they can chip in here some goals as well against Vitek Banachek and the Capitals. I'm still not liking Jimmy, and I said it yesterday. They're giving up too many chances. There's too many good looks that Washington is allowing right now. And I think Buffalo can capitalize. So I like the over here with the Capitals and the Sabres. Yeah, you know what, Ian? I'm right with you on this. I, I agree with you. Watching that game closely last night, obviously, I, I, I watched all the Bruins games twice. So even this morning, uh, they're giving up tons of gift wrap chances right now. And, you know, I know the opponent is, isn't exactly uh, the type of team that can the, – they're more the type of team that would hand back a free gift uh, if you try to force it on them. But at the same time, I mean, there's, there's something off with Washington right now. It's really interesting. Now, you know, we've seen them kind of – go in different directions this season where maybe they were trying to adapt their coaches, Laviolette, his sort of up-tempo style. But then at the same time, they pulled it back and got more conservative. And they seem to be having an identity crisis right now as we go down the stretch run. So I don't like that going forward with Washington. I think they're a bet against team right now. Um, But I'm going to stay with the total here and go over as well. Yeah, I think Washington's big guns, they should be able to score here against the uh, Sabres. Uh, no question about that. Tokarski and Nett, uh, he did have a good start his last time out, but before that he kind of struggled. I don't, I'm not sold on him here uh, against Washington. And uh, The Sabres, though, again, even without, you know, look at the guys they're without. We know they've been without Eichel forever. Uh, you know, Taylor Hall out now and Dylan Cousins out. But, you know, Sam Reinhart's been good. He's chipped in lately. Tage Thompson has stepped it up. Victor Olofsson and Casey Middlestad 
as well for the Sabres. I'm seeing him scoring goals in a lot of games recently for Buffalo as well. So that's where the offense is coming from. If you want to look at a goal-scoring props here with Buffalo, those are the guys. Olofsson, Middlestad, Tage Thompson. Uh, look at some of these guys because they've now scored multiple games lately uh, for this Sabres team. And uh, look, the effort, I think, has been commendable under Don Granado. They didn't play great defensively last night, but it wasn't a lack of effort. It was just some breakdowns. And unfortunately, that's going to happen with Buffalo. It wasn't a lack of effort, but you've seen them have that work ethic for the most part under Don Granado, which has been good to see for a team that was just, it seemed, listless you know, and lethargic and lifeless for a long period of time. Uh, Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues. We've got even money here, minus 110 both sides. A total five and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, um, really, really struggling, but they sort of got uh, reprimanded by Craig Berube prior to the second of the two games against Vegas, and they did respond with a much better game uh, against Vegas, uh, getting the victory the other night. But they're going to have to show me more, St. Louis. Uh, you know, one game after, you know, the coach kind of lights into you, that's one thing. Can you keep it going? No. Uh, for the next game after that, that still remains the question mark for me. And the St. Louis Blues, I've, I'm, I've talked ad nauseum that their advanced numbers do not look good recently in terms of the, the defensive chances they've allowed. Uh, they've just uh, not done as well at that end of the ice. You can't like that uh, they gave up 51 shots on goal out of the Vegas Golden Knights the other night. It was finally one of the best, not not it, not not one of, it might have been, probably was the best start of the season in net for Jordan Bennington. Uh, he was very good in that game against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights the other night, preserving the 3-1 uh, to one victory uh, for the St. Louis Blues. But, you know, there's definitely some issues I've got here with this St. Louis team. You know, they're still only 1-7 and seven, uh, in their last eight games overall. Uh, that isn't very good. You look at their recent track record off of victory, not exactly something to write home about. They haven't gone on those extended win streaks by any stretch of the imagination this year. Uh, that worries me a little bit uh, going into this game. Yeah, Bennington was uh, outstanding. Yeah, they played a little bit better defensively, but uh, I, I'm not ready to buy into St. Louis just yet until they show it to me again. Uh, Minnesota lost a tough one to Colorado in the first game, 5-4. Give them credit. Uh, they wanted to make. They finally wanted to show Colorado in that last game that hey, you know, we're sick of you running over us. We're going to show up. We're going to have a good, solid uh, game. And they exploded offensively. The power play was on fire uh, in that win against Colorado. Uh, you know, you saw multiple uh, wild uh, finding the back of the net uh, in that game. Uh, five on five power play uh, outstanding in that uh, particular game. Uh, we I've talked about at times Minnesota's not been consistent on the road. You know, they had the two losses to San Jose, which you can't scratch your head. What the hell happened? And yet they came right back and they beat Vegas uh, two games in a row uh, on the road. I still think Minnesota is a better hockey team right now. I'm taking them here at around even money, minus 105, minus 110. I'm going to dare the Blues to show it one more 